Yo and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering, do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? Because we all should. And how. <laughs> so this week we're looking at season two, episode five, Scheming and Dreaming. Initially aired September 17th, 2004. Written by Doug McRobb and directed by David Wari Smith. Now this is a special episode because because we get the first appearance of River Pierce. Been hyping him up Finally. this whole time. Keep talking oh about this God. mysterious River Pierce. We're actually going to see him live and in person today. So River Amazing. Pierce is played by Steve Belford. So this was one of his biggest early credits. Uh, he's since been on Degrassi The Next Generation, Paradise Falls, The Latest Buzz, which also starred Janelle Williams, if you remember. He's also had guest spots on shows like Supernatural and Murdoch Mysteries. Murdoch uh, Mysteries! My, my favorite thing in his IMDb is for a movie called Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe. Oh my god. I knew god. it would be. I knew oh, it would be. We have to watch this. I need to obviously. watch it now. I know that yeah. it's it's going to be August, but oh boy. Oh, you and I are going to watch this together. Thank for sure. God. Um, and, and I will just say, if you're uh, looking for an update of Steve Belford now, I can tell you his Insta bio, which says, Father, actor, storytelling wilderness lover, hashtag Canadian, at Hallmark movie, hashtag crossword mysteries, at CBC, hashtag the detectives. So, yes. uh, a, so he's still a working. full perfect look at what he's doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently working in crossword mysteries, which sounds yes. delightful. Yes, it's... Uh... Yeah, that's another Hallmark movie, also starring Lacey Chabert, who is also starring in Pride, Prejudice, and Middletoe. And yeah, it's Crossword Mysteries, Abracadabra, <laughs> which came out this year. <laughs> oh, oh we're, we're having a Steve Belford film fest. That's what we're doing. I'm really excited. One thing about Steve Belford is, you know, we always talk about how the kids were kind of older than who they were supposed to be playing. Steve Belford was almost 24. Oh, boy. <laughs> when he made his first appearance as oh River boy. Pierce. I always thought, I always felt like River Pierce looked so much older than everyone else. He really does. And now I know why. <laughs> he really does. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Aside from acting, he's also producing and directing his own films. Right now, he's working on a feature film about the Canadian painter Tom Thompson. Oh. So that should be interesting. I also wanted to share, when I was looking up Steve's stuff, I found a recent interview from 2019 with, it's like a blog called My Devotional Thoughts, Media from the Heart. And the editor of that site got an interview with Steve, and she asked this question, I have never heard of Radio Free Roscoe, but I believe that was your first significant recurring role. What was it like working on that show, and what did you enjoy about your character? Steve said, Radio Free Roscoe was such an awesome experience. It was a fun show with a great message. The cast and crew were welcoming, and it felt like a family. I still keep in contact with a few people from the show today. River Pierce was a really sweet character to play. On the surface, he was an arrogant jerk, but underneath, he had a good heart, and as the series went on, that came out more and more. So, isn't that sweet? Steve uh. still has really good memories of RFR, and I want to, I want to know who still hangs out from RFR, because that makes me happy. <laughs> hey, check out River Pierce. Look at this guy, three girls at once. That is like the grand slam of smooth. We kick off in the cafeteria. Ray and Travis are like sticking straws and shit in Lily's hair because she's like passed out on the cafeteria table. <laughs> so, so you do what any good friend does and you just cover them with straws. <laughs> yes. It's relatable. And continuing on the good friend uh, train, they see River Pierce 
Well, actually, we 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 need to properly talk about how we meet River Pierce. <laughs> He's like talking up every woman in the cafeteria. We get to see the chunkiest highlights. So so <laughs> chunky. Just just beautiful. He's in like a blue sweater with like a white collared shirt underneath. He's he is a whole aesthetic in and of himself. Oh, he's like the 2000s, early 2000s prep. It's pretty great. And he and is uh, idolized by by all. But we see <laughs> Robbie with his headphones on and it looks like he's about to bump into River Pierce and that catches Ray and Travis's eyes and they like excitedly look on. <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, fuck. I, I don't know what they think is going to happen. Like that he's gonna like River's gonna kill yeah, him. Yeah, he's gonna like bump into into River Pierce, and then River's gonna like what beat him up. Yes, he's gonna kick him in like he kicked in Ray's locker. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious as to like what the reputation of this person is that like they think that there is some danger to Robbie bumping into him. But anyway, I mean Robbie I, just kind yeah. of like knocks his shoulder, and River's like it's fine. And then Robbie goes to join the rest of the group, and he's like, guys. River Pierce just acknowledged me, which oh like, I mean, this is like shit that Ray was pulling a few episodes ago, being like, he said, yeah. hey, man, to me. And now Robbie shows that he he is not immune to River Pierce's chonky highlight charms. I feel like Travis is the only one still holding out. Like, he's he seems semi-interested, but he's like able to look back and like have a distance and be like, wow, we're really just building this guy up to be some kind of god, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Lily kind of wakes up. She has like a fruit sticker on her nose and she's like, haha, very funny guys. But she somehow doesn't notice the little straws in her hair. It turns out she got like no sleep the night before. And uh, they tease her and pretend like, oh, yeah, River Pierce just took his shirt off. And then the four of them just talk about how great River Pierce is again. (laughs) So it's a very river heavy episode. You know, I have studied some Freud. Maybe I could shed a little light on your dream shading. Thank you, smog. And then we uh, pop over to the station where they're talking about why do we idolize people? And Ray's just straight up like, because they're better than we are. (laughs) And he talks about aspirations and dreams. And that leads uh, Shady to remember a really weird dream she had. And we get this kind of like, I don't know, is this very sad kind of hazy, light-filled dream sequence. It kind of makes me think of that one PSA, um, the one concerned children's advertisers PSA where they go inside like the shop was like why be you and you can be me yes. <laughs> like, the lighting is very trippy Yes, and yeah Lily's like having this weird dream where her hair is all like beautiful and curled up and she's like meeting this mystery man and she goes to kiss him and she's like missing teeth and stuff and Travis takes the opportunity to like analyze her dream for her and she's like oh wow thanks Travis and of course Ray's like oh but it could also just be pizza dreams I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but but the important thing about Travis's analysis is that he believes that she has deep feelings for somebody, but she Ooh. she won't act on them, and she's feeling yeah. kind of like powerless in the situation. And she's fighting against it. So you know we're we're right back into the Ray and Travis tension of like, but who is it? Who does Lily have feelings for? <laughs> yes, yeah. Notice how he he talks about he specifically uses the word smog to decide to. Uh, um, describe the fog that she's in, like, ooh, ooh. dropping, like, little, like, inception-y hints or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Love me. It's I'm Travis. Me. It's me. I I love a good weird dream, and I know Sammy has quite the collection. Oh, God, I do. Yeah. I've had I've had dreams where I was, uh, I was dating a mystery man, but the mystery man turned out to be a spider, an actual talking, like, an actual-sized talking spider, and I was so 
like my social anxiety kind of went up against my arachnophobia and somehow won. So I ended up going on a date with a spider. Yeah. She just didn't want to seem one. rude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, because like, a couple of friends, I guess, had set me up on this date and I was just, yeah. Can't. I don't oh, think I... <laughs> those friends know you very well. And no, they obviously don't. <laughs> but but the, even if you weren't Jeez, afraid of friends. even if you weren't afraid of spiders, I I can't think of a a friend that I have that I would set up on a date with a spider. Um, one of one of my dreams that I remember the most clearly was um, I I had a dream where I met Hillary Duff. Um, I was <gasps> just just shopping at a Zellers, and I just bumped into Hillary Duff while buying socks. And she seemed like she just kind of wanted to go about her day and just was there to buy her socks. Was really looking to be famous Hillary Duff. And I was like, you know what? I respect that. And I told that to to a friend recently. And they were like, the most exciting part of that story is that you were in a Zellers. And I was like, that is absolutely correct. Yes. And it's funny to think that Zellers 100% would have carried like Hillary Duff and Lucy McGuire clothing. Oh, too. it did. I mean, that's where Hillary Duff's makeup line was in the early 2000s. Right, I know because I had it. Yes. Oh, so good. Jody was entering tweenhood. You loved makeup. Still do. But just like, I remember being like, wow, Jody knows how to do this thing that I still can't figure out. Okay, you, you say that, you say that, but you look at like what I pulled off when I was 12 versus what a 12-year-old does now because they have had a wealth of inter- oh, internet knowledge the, the whole time Yes, and can like professionally blend their shit while you had me in middle school only wearing eyeliner on my lower lash line and a lot of the time that eyeliner was blue because I was told that it made the whites of your eyes pop and it drew more attention <laughs> to your eyes. So catch Amazing. me just like tearing up dark blue eyeliner when I was like 12. Oh, the drama. I love it. Kim Carlisle, fiercely ambitious journalist. River Pierce, Roscoe quarterback, cats with the debate team. The list goes on. So we we go to like Kim sitting in the Cougar radio station and we get just like a very like weird exchange between her and River of them both being like, oh, look at us. Look at us, the high achievers. Oh, oh we're going to we're both going up for the high achiever award because we're high achievers. Uh-huh. And um, he's asking Kim's advice for like, I guess, like how he can like snag the nomination or snag a win for this, this high achievers, whatever the fuck. And um She's like, well, I did community service. I dressed up as a clown, which I have a very hard time seeing. I, I, should, yeah, get, just... I should provide context that she was a clown for a hospital. And not that she was like <laughs> dressed up as a clown in just, the community and yeah. was like, notice me. I am an achiever. <laughs> um, she, Are you not entertained? <laughs> Kim dressed up as a clown for like a children's hospital and River's like, nah, I'm not doing that. And she's like, okay, well, what if you like mentor a ninth grader? Because apparently that's like equivalent. <laughs> Those are the same <laughs> levels of moral value. And he's like, well, yeah, do you know any ninth graders through the station? Cue her talking to Robbie. She asks him if he wants to, you know, take on this, this mentorship thing. And Robbie kind of jokingly is like, sure, I'll take somebody under my wing. Um, but then brushes off the idea until she says, oh, but River was like really looking forward to, to working with you. And Robbie's like, oh, River Pierce? <laughs> Starstruck. So yes. it looks like Robbie's going to get some of that good River Pierce charm. 
I, I love being out of high school long enough and kind of like away from school life and stuff long enough to realize how little any of those like awards and shit mattered oh, like i feel like they felt so big in high school and like it was so stressful being like i want to be a high achiever now it's like i don't care like when when you get to even like in university like when you get to the end of your undergrad and you're like all that matters is that i have the degree <laughs> you yes. know the, the grade yeah. that i get on this paper does not matter no, it's true. I'm, I'm getting the degree. <laughs> Particularly, yeah. If you're not going to grad school, like, yeah. fucking, it's okay. Yeah. Just let go of the numbers. Yeah, like, getting getting to that point is probably, like, the, the healthiest <laughs> portion of of my entire education as being somebody who's always put a lot of pressure on herself grade-wise. Yeah, totally. Same. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it is a funny exchange between River and Kim being like, oh, we're so great. Very smart. Yeah, River's like the captain of the football team, or the quarterback and the captain of the debate team, which I'm just remembering a part a few episodes ago where Kim was bemoaning the fact that the football team had so many fans and the debate team didn't. I wonder <laughs> I wonder if like River Pierce was part of a like a debate team rebrand or something, and now they have all the fans. <laughs> this is our strategy. Oh, we get this guy. Yeah. Yes. I like that. I like that lore. <laughs> <laughs> but then we go to uh, Ray and Travis sitting on the steps, which again, they're always sitting in these steps. And as somebody like yeah. my, my friends and I hung out in, in stairwells in high school, you can't sit there for very long without getting told it's a fire hazard. How are these guys just always hanging out here? There's a, constantly a chaos of people milling about, though. I feel always. like it's it's one of Waller's like lapsed areas. Is yes. he, can't, he can't corral the flow of traffic. It It also was at one point completely filled with pink balloons for Lily's campaign. Like this Oh god, yeah. This this That's is definitely a fire hazard. Uh this is the no man's land of Radio Free Roscoe for now. <laughs> so uh yeah, Ray and Travis are sitting on the stairs, Lily comes up and she's like, Oh, I started doing a dream journal and I had a little bit more control over my dreams and it was like playing in a video game. It was so exciting. And Travis is like, That's great. So they they just kind of chat briefly and Lily gives Travis a hug and then Ray goes to like reach for a hug and Lily's already left and Travis oh. is like very smug like <laughs> I so I am her dream guy I did this and Ray's like shut up <laughs> because that's that's always the extent to Ray's comebacks yes yes less less erudite but still spicy. <laughs> That, that is the new Tinder bio. No, you're right. You got your own style. Between you and me, you don't need this mentoring program. We, we go to Mickey's where um, I guess River started his mentoring with Robbie. And it turns <laughs> out his mentoring is really just, hey, why don't you go over there and I'll be over here. And then, you know, we'll make up some shit. Make up some shit. And then we'll say that I did my job. And Robbie's like, also buy me pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Robbie's like, aren't you supposed to give me advice? And then River gets very angry. He's like, you want some advice? He's so angry. Someone gives you an opportunity, you take it. Now go buy me pizza. <laughs> yeah, he's like, let's go do some mentoring at this pizza place, and you could buy me a slice. It's just like, it's oh just, god, it's just terrible. So at school the yeah. next day. And like the the gang is all like teasing him, being like, "Ooh, look at Robbie! Is is he stronger now? Oh, is he, he's got it. He's a cool guy now." And Robbie's like really not <laughs> impressed with with River, um, but he he goes up to River like over in the cafeteria, 
um, who kind of tries to brush him off, but uh, Robbie's like, I need some advice about a girl. I really like her, but she's a junior and, and I'm a freshman. And River's like, okay, I'll give you advice. Forget about her. <laughs> Which so is cold. Oh, so great. River is, is just a, a whole gem of a character a already. But then later on at his locker, Kim tries to, to talk with Robbie and ask him how the process is going. And he just brushes her off. And Kim's like, I was using my sweet voice. <laughs> like she's like <laughs> really trying, like learning how to be be nicer and have a better approach yeah. with people. And and now Robbie has been told to brush Kim off. I don't know how you know how much he's taking Rivers' advice to heart, but I think he's just really frustrated with like the fact that he got roped into this process by Kim. I think that's it. He's just probably just pissed at her for being like, "Thanks for getting me into this thing that's wasting my time," <laughs> and it's just like the worst advice ever. <laughs> so we go back to the station, and once again, we've got uh, you know Shady talking about her dreams on the air while Smog analyzes them. So it's the same dream. She's in the the hallway, except this time, like everybody in the hallways are like zoo animals. And then when she goes to kiss the guy, she's got, like, one of those, like, magician's handkerchiefs in her mouth that she, like, keeps pulling out and it's just never-ending. And, you know, Travis once again is like, oh, you you know, there's just, like, this inner turmoil. That's what all of this is. And maybe you're you're being held back and you're worried about what people will think about you and this person. And, you know, Ray is, like, sitting there. Ray's got, like, some, like, intro to, <laughs> to dream analysis book that he's, like hurriedly flipping through throughout all of this and trying to like <laughs> have some sort of like valid argument in this conversation and try to worm his way in because it seems like Travis is is trying to sway things his way. Yeah. I love that the cover of Ray's book is in papyrus font, so you know it's new age. So you know it's good. So you know yeah. it's an avatar film. It's legit. <laughs> For this week's CanCon commercial break, we are talking about popular mechanics for kids. So Popular Mechanics for Kids initially aired from 1997 to 2001. It was produced by Global Television Network and Hearst Entertainment. So I want to t just touch a little bit on um, Global Television Network, um, also known as Global TV today, because this is the, the first time that we're seeing it on this list. And right. it's it's the second most watched Canadian network after CTV, so it's kind of one of the the big ones, and is owned by Chorus Entertainment, another one of like the big like media companies. So the roots of Global stretch back to the mid '60s, but it didn't actually officially form as Global Television Network until January of 1974. So Global's original primetime schedule included Patrick Watson's documentary series Witness to Yesterday. Uh, Pierre Burton's political debate show, The Great Debate, a Canadian edition of Bernard Braden's British consumer affairs news magazine, The Braden Beat, William Shatner's film talk show, Flick Flack, Sunday Night <laughs> Toronto Flack. Toro's hockey games, and a nightly variety series called Everything Goes, as well as a few imported American series, including Chopper One, Dirty Sally, and Doc Elliott. So... Wow. Uh, Global Television Network actually went into financial crisis within like the first three months. <laughs> So, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so it got, I think it got even, held even back. Even though it had flick flack? <laughs> even though it had flick flack. You didn't think it could be done. Damn. But there, um, I guess it was d delayed in when it could actually launch due to, you know, some um, protocols by the CRTC. So they had to launch the network mid-season um, after advertisers had kind of already allocated their, oh, their no. funds. 
And in, in addition, um, the short-lived American adoption of year-round daylight saving time in January 1974 and the Ontario government's, government's refusal to follow suit had unexpectedly forced Everything Goes, promoted as the network's flagship show, into into airing directly opposite The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. So the oh, ratings shit. were just, like, screwed immediately. So global, this, like... Everything Goes sounds wild. I want to, like, watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is all, like, 1974, like, right when it launched. So, I mean, this this kind of heavy hitter in the media industry almost just kind of, like, failed there. <laughs> but they, they clawed their way back and they got bailed out. Um, they quickly realized that they couldn't run on CanCon alone and they had to pick up more American series, which... <laughs> Who can? Yeah, but it like that was kind of like the big draw that they were going for it was like, oh, we're going to have all this Canadian media and that kind of like quickly diminished, you know, how they were presenting themselves in opposition to to CTV, which was like the, the powerhouse mm. network at the time. It was like, yeah. oh, now now we're just another CTV kind of thing. So to get back to the series, um, Popular Mechanics for Kids was produced by Jonathan Finkelstein, who is the president and executive producer of Apartment 11 Productions. So I'll just give you um, his bio from that site. This is Finkelstein has developed, written, and or produced more than 400 hours of international award-winning series, such as the drama series Big Top Academy with Cirque du Soleil uh, on Discovery Kids and TVO Kids, Prank Patrol, one of Canada's first series to be formatted and sold to CBBC and ABC Australia, Mystery Hunters, broadcast worldwide on Discovery, the large-scale reality competition series In Real Life, Surprise, it's edible, incredible, finding stuff out, and the mystery files. Look cool, say wow. Documentary series, yeah, to the max. Some of these are like very hard to read because I, I will say yeah, to the max is capital Y-A-A exclamation point and then to the max. Max is in caps, but the A is an at sign. <laughs> I don't know why oh they did God. this. Oh my God. The multi-platform <laughs> property cross-country fun hunt, the adult targeted docu-soap way off Broadway, and rank the prank. So has done a ton of wow. stuff. I mean, I remember Prank Patrol and Mystery Hunters pretty well. Um, I remember those being yeah, on TV. Yeah, the Max actually sounds kind of yeah. familiar. Yeah. Um, Finkelstein has a background as a journalist reporting and producing for CBC's local, regional, and national bureaus. So uh, man's done a lot. Man's done a lot. Yeah. So a bit about Popular Mechanics for Kids. It was based off of the Popular Mechanics magazines published by Hearst Corporation. So originally, Hearst contacted the company to produce a children's show loosely based on the magazine. Soon after, Finkelstein and executive producer Michelle Lavoie were enlisted to come up with a concept. And in April 1997, Popular Mechanics for Kids was born. A 13-part, half-hour series that sends its three teenage hosts on adventures other kids can only dream of. The show starts off with an overview of the episode. The hosts then start their adventures on the show. And then throughout the adventures, short educational segments are shown. So each episode has a theme and the, the hosts, which again are like these, these young teens, they go through these activities where they learn specific things about that theme. So some of the episodes, uh, you know, their themes include big buildings, electricity, robots, roller coasters. So they, they kind of like pick a big thing and they they learn about different um, parts of it and they get to do kind of like little activities where they learn about oh, it. Oh, cool. Budgeted at $100,000 per episode and shot throughout Canada and the U.S., the series succeeds in inspiring interest in science, technology, and engineering among kids around the world. We seem to have found a formula that kids really respond to, says Finkelstein, who describes the series as somewhere between real kids, real adventures, and Bill Nye the Science Guy. So it's definitely one that I like... I remember watching, like, I remember being on TV and 
thinking it was cool and thinking it was fun and being like, oh, look at <laughs> look at all these things you could do. I wonder I wonder if uh, that subconsciously fueled your interest in Kinects at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a big Kinects kid. I, I could do with some Kinects right now. So just to talk about the cast. So um, we're looking at kind of the, the hosts of the show. So the, the first hosts of the show were Alicia Cuthbert and Jay Baruchel. So what? Yeah, yeah. So um, that's awesome. <laughs> so Alicia Cuthbert, her her first TV appearance was in "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" Uh, very appropriate. Um, apparently, her work on Popular Mechanics for Kids was recognized by Hillary Clinton, and she got invited to the White House for it. Holy shit! I don't know. That's what Wikipedia says, and the Wikipedia directed me to like a a weird like very old 2000s website with an interview so cool i'll believe it <laughs> her her notable other work include credits in 24 the girl next door um house of wax like 2005 house of wax and love actually uh more recently she's been in series like the ranch and happy endings and she's also married to dion Phaneuf. The, the hockey player. Oh. So that's oh. fun. That's fun. Yeah. And then you've got Jay Baruchel, who's been in, um, you know, a, a bunch of comedy series, a lot of Judd Apatow stuff. He's in um, Knocked Up. She's out of my lead. This is the end. Um, he was also in Undeclared, which was um, Judd Apatow's kind of follow-up series to Freaks and Geeks in the early 2000s, which was like, um, you know, a, a group of like college kids, like that kind of kind of show. And uh, most notably for me, he voices Hiccup in the How to Train Your Dragon series, which is a great series. Yeah. And I love it very I much. I like Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel's yeah. cool. Um, Jay Baruchel was later replaced by Tyler Kite, who was also in Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps. Um, he starred on the series Instant Star and then later formed the band Sweet Thing. And then uh, she's she's not as talked about, but Vanessa Lenghis was also a, a host of the show, um, and she's someone who's come up um, in some of the other shows that we've talked about. She was in Radioactive and kind of has, oh. um, you know, guest roles throughout a bunch of other things. So nice. uh, looking at petitions, I couldn't find any petitions about Popular Mechanics for Kids, but I did find one about a, a network <laughs> that it aired on. Really? Yeah. So this petition is called Bring Back the Hub Network. And the description says, <laughs> I love the Hub Network so much. It has amazing cartoons like My Little Pony, Transformers, Prime Dan versus Pound Puppies, The Haunting Hour, and great reruns of old TV shows like Alf, Mork and Mindy, Fraggle Rock, Batman Beyond, Doogie Howser, Family Ties, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. But in October 13th, 2014, the Hub was changed to Discovery Family. The network is now dull and boring. They aired reruns of Discovery shows of Cake Boss, Chop Jr., Too Cute, Treehouse Masters, and What Not to Wear. They aired cartoons, but not a lot of cartoons. MLP is the most famous show on the network, but it wasn't well marketed. That causes the show have low ratings. If you go to the Discovery Family website, it's boring. It has only the schedule, but no games, no videos. I want the hub back. I miss watching Step by Step, Dan Versus, and Family Ties. There's rarely a network that kids and adults can watch together. I know there's a lot of people look back to that channel and wish we could still watch the channel today, but if I tell you there's a possibility of bringing it back? Well, with the power of the internet and signatures... <laughs> I, I just had a vivid flash. I've got the power of God and anime on my side. <laughs> got the power of internet and signatures. And signatures. 
<laughs> we can bring back the hub network. That's why I'm calling kids, adults, and of course, bronies to sign the petition and ask Discovery and Excuse Hasbro. me, what? <laughs> Excuse me, what? <laughs> to sign the petition and ask Discovery and Hasbro to bring back the channel and bring back shows like Dan vs. Pound Puppies, Animaniacs, and Jim. Stop airing shows like Cake Boss and Extreme Couponing and air Discovery Kids shows like Time Wrap Trio, Flight 29 Down, Popular Mechanics for Kids, Darcy's Wildlife, and Popular Mechanics for Kids. Please bring back the hub. We need that one twice as much. We need it twice as much. It's so good. Oh my god. Bronies help. <laughs> this bronies, you're our only hope. I, I, Jesus. I, this is one of my favorite things, and this is, like, something that comes up in a lot of the reviews that we look at as well, when people just go on, like, really long lists of TV shows, and it's like, we get it. Yes! <laughs> you can stop. Uh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Such as the entire programming line. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really, it's pretty hard to find media surrounding popular mechanics for kids. I did find, like, a couple of little listicles. This one's from CBC. It's called 10 Things Everyone Who Grew Up With Popular Mechanics for Kids Knows to Be True. Um, so I'll, I'll go through this. It's just like a bunch of Canadian stuff. Uh, number one, Degrassi wasn't the only show that cast kids to play kids. Number two, you could be a Canadian child actor and not appear on Goosebumps as long as you were on Popular Mechanics for Kids. Number three, <laughs> but you had to at least be on Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> Number four, thanks to Popular Mechanics for Kids, Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod weren't the only people making sure we learned stuff while spending snow days watching TV. Oh my god. Of, who are, of course, the, the Body Break duo. Body Break? Body Break. We should do a whole CanCon segment just about Body Break, man. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's <laughs> going on the list. Yeah, and then it just it keeps like going through the list of, you know, varying... Things like that that are just statements about the show and being like, these kids were cool. <laughs> this was fun. How educational. And then I like that. there's another listicle from BuzzFeed that says, why popular mechanics for kids was the only education you ever needed. <laughs> and it's like, it's very much the same thing. It was like, look at, look at how fun all these things that they did were. They got to test in 64 games and they got to do ice cream and they got to set toys on fire and they got to tie dye lab coats. And I love to do ice cream. I love to do ice cream. <laughs> and that's that's about the gist of it. Is every item in in this list is just like, look, they did this thing. Look, she's petting a seal. Wow. <laughs> like, this is the only education I need. This is the only education I need. Wow, they went on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> they they do ice cream. Um. So according to the, there's an article on um, Throwbacks.com. It just says, did you know that there was a mini popular mechanics for kids reunion back in 2015? Jay, Alicia, what? and Tyler all made an appearance together on the show called The Plateaus. They were playing fictional versions of themselves as the members of a band called Kiss Me, I'm Stylish. It was actually the first time Tyler met Jay because they weren't on the show at the same time. So that's, so that's kind of fun. Um, honestly, there's there's very little fandom that I can find surrounding this, which is like... I mean, it'd be kind of weird to have a fandom around this, just, yeah. Just, just for like what it is, but it's it was a really <laughs> it's a really fun show, and you know, one of those like kind of nice. Uh, you, you get to learn about things. It's like watching um, 
how it's made, you know? It's it's that kind yeah. of feel where it's like, oh, you just get to, like, see the process of something. But you got, you know, yeah. this, this structure of, like, they're kids like me and they're doing it. And it's... Uh, it's very sweet. You can find um, a bunch of clips of it on YouTube. There are some DVDs still in circulation. Most of my Google searches just yielded like random libraries <laughs> where you could like rent like the, the roller coaster episode on DVD. <laughs> Amazing. I feel like I remember the roller coaster episode. Yeah. But we can just dive into some reviews. This one's called Utterly Canadian Look at Science. I've just discovered this show, and although I feel that I'm too old for it, looking at it from a child's point of view, it's probably very entertaining. Perhaps the show's greatest gimmick now is that it is in reruns, is that one of the show's youngest stars is Alicia Cuthbert, who has become a household name through her fame on The Fox's 24. Overall, even though it can be a little over the top at times, if I were still 12 years old, ah, how those days have come and gone, I definitely (laughs) would watch this program. Oh, I have never once felt nostalgic for for being 12. Jesus, The worst age to be nostalgic for, my guy. Uh, It is a mix of gross-out experiments that your stuffy science teacher never taught you, combined with a slightly educational element. I still believe that for older viewers, particularly aficionados of 24, the real fun of watching the show is seeing a young Cuthbert talking about everything from zoo animals and explosives to stage makeup and animatronic creatures. This one says, a very a very popular show. Popular Mechanics for Kids was one of my favorite shows when I was younger. I watched it every Saturday morning at 7.30 for over a year. I liked Tyler, the host, the best. He was funny, clever, and hot. <laughs> my favorite Popular <laughs> Mechanics for Kids episode is the episode about roller coasters, since I love to ride them. This showed me how they ran. I also like the episode about ghosts. The part of that <laughs> was the mechanic of a ghost. <laughs> The, the part of that episode... Wait, what? Popular mechanics of ghosts. <laughs> the part of that episode when they were hunting for ghosts actually scared me. Overall, I really enjoyed the show. I sometimes still watch it on Discovery Kids when I get a chance to. I was sad to see it leave Saturday morning since it helped me in science class. I give this show 9 Aww. out of 10 stars. And then this last review says, More gross than educational. This program gives kids a bird's eye view into how things like computers and machines work and how they are made. It is colorful, fast paced, and appears to have a higher budget than many Canadian produced TV shows do. The two teenage hosts go all over North America to visit factories and research centers for their reports. Some of them are quite interesting, though a bit complex for young kids to understand. The show, however, seems to have a fixation on the grungier side of things. One segment, for example, shows how manure is man- manufactured into fertilizer. And actually showed a cow defecating. Definitely not a pretty sight. The show also (laughs) features a man in between the new segments doing homemade science experiments. In one show, he demonstrated to kids how to make homemade boogers. Now that's educational. Children. Children. (laughs) But that's Popular Mechanics for Kids. It was like one of those like fun kind of... uh, you got kind of like that like fictional like host element on the outside of it, but it was just kind of like a an educational thing and it taught you like how like how that. a bunch of things work and you know, just things that you wouldn't really think about and covered a bunch of different topics. Um, like I said, there's a ton of clips of it on YouTube, so it's it's fun to just kind of go through, you know, a lot of them are just like little like three minute segments. So go go look it up and go go watch a little clip and maybe you'll learn a thing too. It's very heartwarming to think that it actually did help kids in their science classes. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't written anything in it. No worries, it's uh, all up here. It'll be cake, right? Exactly. We get another um, 
Robbie and River interaction where ugh. Ugh, um, River gives Robbie his like journal of like his mentorship to sign and it's blank and Robbie's like, you haven't done anything. And River's like, eh, it's all in my head. Um, and Robbie, you know, is getting more and more unimpressed with the process. And he, he asked River for one piece of advice. Apparently he got like a bad mark on a paper and he's like, it's totally unfair. And uh, River's like, okay, here's my advice. Drop it. <laughs> Which has been River's <laughs> entire advice this whole time. It's like, just forget about it. Just just leave it alone. Yeah, just don't just, do anything. Just, it's fine, little buddy. Like he calls Robbie little buddy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Awful. don't do not do anything ever is, is River's take because he's a, a young achiever, <laughs> apparently. Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> a very passive young achiever. <laughs> passive young achiever. So uh, Robbie's very unimpressed with the process. Meanwhile, uh, Ray and Travis are continuing debate to debate over who Lily is dreaming about. Ray's like, oh, the, the last dream is about like a clown. I'm the clown. That's me. She dreamed about me. And he's like really smug about it. And Travis is like, well, don't don't talk to Lily about it. She's got to figure this out for herself. You know, you can't like insert yourself in while Travis has kind of kind of been like dropping some subliminal things and, and trying to yeah. sway her. He's basically like, don't fuck up my game. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to sway her opinion. <laughs> but uh, meanwhile, we go back to Mickey's. Robbie is sitting outside and Lily comes and sits with him and we get another like good moment of Robbie and Lily kind of being each other's confidants throughout the, the yeah. series. And, you know, he she asks him what River's like and he's like, I don't know. Like he doesn't he doesn't act like a real person. He's just kind of being a jerk and, and blowing off this this whole process. And uh Lily starts talking to Robbie about her dreams and she admits like at first she thought she was dreaming about Travis, but then she thought she was dreaming about Ray. But either way, both of them are like getting obsessive about this and it's making it really weird. And she like wishes she had never talked about her dreams at all. You know, it is it is super heartwarming to see. I love getting to peek into Robbie and Lily's friendship and the ways that they help each other out. And basically kind of Lily gives Robbie the hint, you know, Robbie's upset because he people can't see past the facade of River Pierce with his chunky highlights and his charm, I guess. And Lily says, why don't you ask your mentor about what to do? Uh, and Robbie's like, oh, that's not a bad idea. Because basically he wants to try and like expose River somehow. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I guess he's going to play a bit of subterfuge and I don't know, get River to answer, how should he sabotage River? And I'm like, just forget it. Don't do anything. <laughs> I saw something going on between two students that I think is really wrong. And I don't know whether I should get involved or if anyone will even believe me. We go to the hallway where River's chatting up this girl who I think is supposed to be an art student because he's talking about artistry and she's got like very heavy eye makeup and is just like slunk back against her locker looking all cool and he's doing like the classic kind of leaning on the locker being like oh well every child's an artist the challenge is how to continue being an artist and then Robbie's like oh is that Picasso and he's like yeah whatever everybody knows that <laughs> they walk along and Robbie basically asks River you know he gives River this hypothetical situation he's like you know I, I these like, I know I know this person who's doing something really wrong, and I, I feel like I should tell people about it, but I'm not entirely sure what I should do. And River's like, here, flip a coin. <laughs> Robbie's like, seriously? And River's like, yep. So we get this dramatic moment where uh, River then, of course, leaves. Kim comes up looking very <laughs> formal, as she always does. She's wearing, like, a full, like, suit. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she's just getting off the phone, finding out that 
Rivers won the Junior Achiever Award because wow. the mentoring probably pushed him over the top. I don't know how since he hasn't really done anything for it. Has he? Like, yeah, I don't know. If, like, what? what is the know. timeline of, like, how yeah. he would, like, submit this process? This has only been, like, a couple of days, right? Yeah, I don't know. But anywho, they're going to be doing a presentation of the award over Cougar Radio, and they decide, hey, wouldn't it be great to have... Robbie introduced River, and Robbie's like, cool, great. And Kim and River kind of go on their way, and then Robbie flips the coin, and it's super dramatic, because he's like, Heads, River walks. Tails, Robbie talks. And Robbie's like, I'm going to expose River on the radio, man. But he gives River a heads up that he's going to do it. <laughs> like, he pulls him aside, <laughs> and he's like, this is all the jokes to you, I'm going to make sure everybody knows it. And River's like, uh-huh. hey, well... How how did my advice work out? And, like, Robbie can't, like, dispute that his di- advice is bad because, like, nothing's really gone wrong with Kim and yeah. his grades didn't get worse. So <laughs> now he's, like, kind of confused of how to feel because he's like, wait, was he giving good advice the whole time? I don't think so. But, like, he, he seems a little conflicted. But um, he's he's about to go on the radio and the rest of the gang yeah. is listening in at the station because I don't know what the fuck time of day it is that everybody's nope. at the station. But, you know, <laughs> the high school's still full of people. <laughs> there is no time in Roscoe. No. It's an amorphous blob. Why not tell our listeners about your experience together in the mentoring program? Nice knowing you, Robbie. You don't be juicy Kim sets up Robbie to to introduce River, and he kind of has a moment where you see him pause and he he makes a decision, and he he decides not to rat him out. He just kind of keeps his intro very brief and very vague, and he just says, you know, he taught me a lot, not just about school, but about life, and he makes it look like he's doing no work at all, and that's it. He gives him like this very subtle shade, and then River yes. River takes over, and it's like, oh. This award is such a surprise in the Roscoe community and all of that. Meanwhile, the gang is listening in at the station and we see Lily's face as she listens in. And we we see it dawn on her that the person she's been dreaming about this whole time is River. Yeah, we get a dream sequence where they start making out. <laughs> it's, it's very weird, especially now thinking about the yeah. age difference. I, I don't like right? it. I don't like no. it. In, also, it's funny that in the world of this show, she's just heard from her best friend about what a shallow douche he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all she's heard is, like, Robbie being, like, so frustrated with this process. And she's like, River Pierce. Um, yeah. But the the gang's hanging out at Mickey's afterwards. And, um, you know, they're they're just chatting about the, the whole process, um, everything that's just happened. And then River walks into to Mickey's. And Lily's like, I'm, I'm gonna go over there now. <laughs> so she, she gets up and leaves. And then Ray and Travis get into a debate as they've been doing this whole time, being like, "She's into me. No, she's into me. And you're gonna lose." And Robbie's like, "Hey guys, look over there." Um, and neither of them are paying any attention to the fact that Lily's gone to to chat up River Pierce, and we see them like yes. shake hands <laughs> in like the yeah, back of the frame. Like- 
weirdly li- lingering intimate handshake like they shake hands and then he holds onto her hand for a little bit yeah with like <laughs> with like both hands but like the, yes. the fact that they shake hands at all is so weird like you're you're 14 yeah. and you just meet you're like 14. another high schooler and you're like i'm gonna shake your hand <laughs> ah hello sir Uh-oh. i hear you're a junior achiever i'm very into that <laughs> but oh boy oh boy it looks like our love triangle is just uh further fractured as lily is is pretty big into river Ooh, how will that pan out so over in mickey's discs according to radio free roscoe4.tripod.com songs featured in this episode include finish what you started by avery inside by flip switch and deceptive by sub so Avery, who we heard at the beginning and the end of the episode, uh, is a pop punk band that started in the New Jersey music scene in 1999. This is from their official website. What started as just Nina on bass and Janet singing while playing drums evolved over the years with Jess coming on as guitarist, Janet moving up to vocals and keys, and Mike joining on drums. Over the next 10 plus years, Avery played hundreds of shows, including multiple festivals, toured nationally, and released two records. Avery's songs were also featured on multiple television shows on Nickelodeon, Disney, and MTV. The band also wrote the theme song for a commercial for Rebel Friendship Bags. <laughs> Re- After Rebel a- Friendship Bags? Yeah. What is a friendship bag? I have no idea bag? what that is. What is a friendship bag? <laughs> okay, okay. Quick diversion. Okay, it's a bag. What, what makes it a friendship bag? <laughs> Jody's Googling, what the hell is a friendship bag? And I'm getting no responses. I'm just getting tote bags that say friendship on them. Oh man! Oh jeez. Well, it's a it's a sparkly backpack for girls. But anywho, so they did that, um, and then it also Wait, says no, on their website. No, no. Okay, I found a review for <laughs> Rebel Friendship Bags by Daisy Cook on a site called Mommy's Memorandum. The first line of this review says, "Like shoes, handbags are a natural part of any girl's DNA structure. Oh, like me." me. My mini divas are all about glam and having style. They are also oh. social butterflies. Oh, kill oh me again. I want to vomit. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so that's friendship bags, I guess. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So um, these bags are... <laughs> we were sent a butterfly Victorian pink rebel friendship bag to review. When it arrived, I was beside myself in awe when i unwrapped the rebel friendship bag i noticed immediately the quality while i seriously wanted this bag for myself it was for my girls and i invited them to help facilitate the review they oohed and awed and started to bicker over who was gonna get this purse while they were busy in negotiations i said what if i told you you both could have this bag god (laughs) what is this pitch the first thing I noticed is how soft the handbag is. It is made from laminated spandex. So soft. <laughs> the colors are soft and the design had my girls breathless. Pink and blue hues swirled with gold lines complement the soft Victorian floral print. And it's the touch of violet and green make for a very eye-appealing design. The more I handle the Rebel Friendship Bag, the more impressed I am. It has a magnetic clasp that is state-of-the-art cool. It stays shut and opens easily. That's what I think of magnets. It is a quiet and gradual release that we found Jesus to be Christ! Very <laughs> oh 
Oh, oh my favorite line in any review. Fuck my life. Just a, a quiet and gradual release that we found to be very appealing. No! <laughs> that is the mark of an unsatisfied woman. <laughs> my girls were excited when they discovered a hidden treasure inside the purse. There is a hot pink tag that reads, cut open to reveal your secret code. Of course, we had to do this. This secret code gives access to the Rebel Girls Friendship Club. In this BFF zone, girls learn how to be a fashion designer and get fashion tips from the designer Daisy herself. There is even an incentive where one lucky girl will have her design chosen by Daisy and it'll be put into production. Wow. Indeed, as a mom, I'm extremely impressed with Rebel Friendship Bags. Daisy Cook has outdone herself in her design, color combination, details, and quality. She has transformed the best friend necklace from my youth into a stylish and modern way to express your individuality, create a friendship club, and declare your BFF. What I love most is that she is paving a path for girls to dream, and dream big, to pursue their dreams and be creative. I love that. My girls love their Rebel Friendship Bag and are looking forward to spreading the the word to their BFFs so they can start exchanging. My... God. Spread the word of our Lord Daisy Cook. Our Lord Daisy Cook. So in short, it's a friendship necklace, but it's a bag. <laughs> oh, God help us. That was so that was a trip. Um and yeah, so the band Avery did the theme song <laughs> for the commercial for those bags, I guess. Thanks, um, Avery. Thanks, Avery. After a ten year hiatus, Avery reunited in the summer of twenty nineteen for a series of reunion shows with fellow bands from the New Jersey pop punk music scene. Though the members are split between the East Coast and West Coast, Avery will continue playing occasional shows throughout the year. It was way too fun not to do it again. Which is sweet. Yeah, so that's that's Avery, um, I- iconic composers of the theme song for Rebel Friendship Bags. <laughs> yeah, and more importantly, that's Rebel Friendship Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh, God, we got a, a new podcast where we read mommy blog reviews. Oh, I am so down. I'm down <laughs> to just do do deep dives into like weird early 2000s girl products. If you're not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also send us an email at podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of our podcast, your memories of RFR, your memories of any of our CanCon stuff. Um, and if you like, send us a voice memo. We'll, we're still waiting to put someone on the air, so it could be you. <laughs> and you can too. <laughs> so for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe, signing off. Bye.